Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're taking a look at the Psalms, Colin, over these days, and uh, in particular, what God reveals about himself to us. And uh, last week, you made the point that it's such a precious thing to really personalize them. And uh, that way, we learn twice as much about God. We see how relevant uh, the scriptures are to us today, even though these Psalms were written mostly about a thousand years ago. Yet still they are the enduring word of God. Um, remember Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. They'll never pass away. So there's spirit and life and power in these words for us today. And we've got as far as Psalm 24. Now, this is a wonderful psalm. <laughs> I say that so often, <laughs> don't I, about many of them. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world and all who live in it. Now, that's the first thing for us to understand, that as the creator, God owns everything. He, he, he owns the world. It is his creation. And he, um, he owns all who live in it, not just those who are believers. We are his possession in a very special sense, because once you become a believer in Jesus Christ, once you're born again and become a child of God, then you're a son or daughter of God, and he is your father. But uh, the Lord is still the Lord of all creation, and therefore of everyone who is in it. The, the, the um, sad thing, of course, is that there are so many who do not acknowledge his lordship in their lives. And that's the job of the church, to extend the gospel of the kingdom of God so that more and more people will submit their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, will know his salvation and saving power, and will live for his glory to fulfill his plans and his purposes. And the psalmist asks, David asks, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. He will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Now we're focusing especially on the Lord himself and what he does in relation to us. And we see here that God's purpose is to bless his people. He wants us to receive blessing. He, he never minds how much blessing he pours into our lives because he knows that the more he blesses us, the more we can become a blessing to other people, that his life will flow through us and overflow in our lives, pour out of us as rivers of living water, which is the way Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. And we will receive vindication from God because he's our savior. He will save us from the judgment we deserve. He will save us from sin and from condemnation. Uh, but the, these are the blessings of those who seek the Lord, who seek his face. Now, what does it mean to seek his face? Well, it really means to seek to know him, to, 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 uh, to draw into an ever closer relationship with him, to walk through your life with Jesus. 
And uh, that's really the plan and the purpose of God. He reveals, Jesus reveals to us who God is and all that he has done and accomplished for us, all that he wants to bless us with and give into our lives so that we can know him more deeply, more intimately, so that we can walk with him day by day in our lives, so that we can see his life flowing through us into the lives of other people. Somebody may say, Colin, well, who has clean hands and a pure heart? Who doesn't lift up his soul to an idol? Well, the one with clean hands and a pure heart is the one who has been cleansed by the Lord, who's given his life to Jesus and, and knows his forgiveness of sins and uh, that uh, has a heart that is really surrendered to God. You see, everything that happens in our lives spiritually is really the result of the condition of our hearts. You know, any one of us has the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that we have chosen to have. The more you yield yourself to him, the more you actually draw near to him, get close to him, know him personally and and intimately. So it's a it's wonderful that God makes himself available to us in this way. But then the question is, do we really want him? He came to his own, John says, but his own did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave the right to become the sons of God. So it's all about the heart at the end of the day. Ultimately, it is about the nature of our hearts. And, um, you know, this psalm ends with this wonderful note of glory. Lift up your head, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Um, he is the king of glory. And uh, the, the amazing thing to me is that each one of us can have a personal relationship with the king of glory, that he is the one who is ruling and reigning over his whole creation in heaven, reigning not only now in a temporal sense, but reigning for all eternity. He is the Lord strong and mighty. He is the one over whom nobody can prevail. He is the one who has already defeated sin, death, the devil, and all his works. And uh, yet, this Lord Almighty, this King of glory, wants to know you and wants to know me, and he wants us to be close to him. It's amazing because David was such a popular, such a, a well-loved king, yet he was the first to bow the knee to this King of glory, to God, wasn't he? Yes, and you see, what David knew... Uh, we have to know by experience, and, and that is um, that this king of glory is the one who is merciful and loving. So in Psalm 25, we read in verse 6, Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. He's not, he's not just the king of glory. He's not just the Lord Almighty. He is love. And the way in which he wants to relate to us is not as someone who simply rules over us, but someone who loves us and who wants to rule and reign in and through us in our daily lives. Uh, so um, the psalm continues, Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. 
Therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then is the man that fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. He will spend his days in prosperity, and his descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Now you see, in, in those verses from Psalm 25, you see how this great God, this creator of the universe, this king of glory, the Lord Almighty, is yet so concerned to be deeply and personally, intimately involved in the circumstances of each of his children who love him. He, he forgives their sins and their past rebellion. The Lord is good and upright, so he instructs sinners in his ways. He forgives us, and then he instructs us in the way that we're to go. He makes us into a righteous people. Uh, and then uh, David says, he guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his ways. You see, before God, we have to be humble. I mean, who could dare to be proud in the presence of the King of glory? And he's all the time instructing us and teaching us in his ways. Uh, he's, he's showing us how to live in covenant love, in a real commitment of love with him and with one another. And David, in verse 11, says a very interesting thing. For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. It's amazing how the most godly people are also most conscious of their sin. And, but not in a negative way that they, they go around saying, oh, what a miserable, wretched, awful sinner I am. But they just know how great the love and mercy and grace of God is, that they are forgiven, that they are restored, that they are blessed. But they're not people who hide from the reality of their sin and the ways in which they have offended God. So here is, here is um, David saying, well, you know, compared with you, Lord, in whom there is no sin, my iniquity is great. But for your name, for the sake of your name, for, for the sake of your plan and your purpose for my life, forgive me. And um, then he says, you know, who is the man that fears the Lord? Uh, that's not being afraid of God, but it's walking in awe of him. It's really determining to do his will. Well, the Lord instructs him in the way chosen for him. He sends him prosperity, and even his descendants get blessed and inherit the land. And the Lord confides. There's this sense of intimate relationship with those who fear him. And so David's response to all this wonderful revelation of how the Lord cares for him and leads him is, my eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. It doesn't matter what happens to trap me. The Lord is there for me, and he will release me. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 